Hello and welcome to Punk Goes Pod, the weekly podcast that chronicles Fearless Records' Punk Goes series. You cool cats and hip dogs out there, my name is Smooth Sam in the Morning. Why do you always get to introduce it? I figured that I always come out with like a really explosive kind of introduction and I'm trying something a little bit more Sunday morning, if you know what I mean. That doesn't answer my question. Uh, I know you are, but what am I? <laughs> Go for it, you're the star now. Nah, it's alright. I'll do it next week. <laughs> alright, alright. I spent most of my work day today recording voiceover stuff for some marketing material, so I... Lo- I am loath to say it, but I'm actually sick of my voice today. <laughs> That's cool, though. You didn't tell me you did that. Yeah. No, it's it's a thing. I already voiced the phone system, so that's pretty sweet. I'm just... Slowly but surely, I'm going to end up being the voice of my company. Oh. But... You'll be uh, the Alexa for your building. Exactly. I'm going to call up your building and be like, Hey, who's this sexy voice? You'd only hear it if you didn't get someone on the other line, though. So, oh. But that's alright. If you're ever missing me and I'm away, you can call it, like, midnight. I, um... That's that's a good point. I, um... I was wondering if you, instead of going by your name, Emma, on this program, would you be going as Michelle? Maybe. My Michelle. Mm-hmm. This week we are talking about the song My Michelle... Originally recorded by Guns N' Roses, a.k.a. Gunners. Or GNR. Yep, GNR. Um, and as covered by AFI from Punk Goes Metal. Yeah, the only one. Yeah. But it was the one that started it all. So What, the entire franchise? Yeah, it started with Punk Goes ah. Metal. Well, there you go. I haven't done my homework. Well, I still want to um, do a little bit of housekeeping before everything... You know, mm-hmm. last week we had the excellent Richard on We the show. did. Thank you, Richard. And by the time this comes out, uh, Elle will have debuted their single. Yeah. If you're not the one, the, check it out. It's incredible. The excellent single. Yes. I so, always feel like um, he's such like an advanced plane when it comes to discussing music. It's like he's playing chess <laughs> and I'm playing noughts and crosses with myself. And I'm losing. <laughs> he, yeah, Richard is a force to be reckoned with. Um, I've already said before, but he's basically my sounding board for like, what do you think of this song? And that will inform what <laughs> I think of anything. So thank you, Richard, for being our guest and for being our friend and for yeah, being our... most importantly. Yeah, and for being my cultural advisor specifically. And thank you for providing me a place to watch some wrestling on Sunday. Yay! So, uh, more news. Yeah. We probably should have done this a little bit sooner because we've kind of blown past it, but we had reached a thousand plays on SoundCloud. We have. But uh, we're, like I said, we've blown past it now because we are at roughly around about 1,200 yeah. plays. So... Not too shabby. Not too shabby at all. 1,218. So, hey, thank you for listening. This yeah. This is, like, this isn't, you know, blowing smoke up anyone's ass. That, seeing that number has made me so happy. Yeah. I, I would have been stoked if, you know, in the entire run of this show we reached 10 plays. I would have been happy with that, knowing that, you know, and, you know, knowing that someone would have listened, because I would have been 9 of those 10 plays. 
Yeah. Basically. Yeah. Listening to the show. But no, I, um, yeah, if it sounds like I'm, I'm not giving as much of a shit as I should, it's because I'm kind of tired and it's kind of late, but I am stoked. Yes. But what could be bigger than us reaching 1,200 plays on SoundCloud? Once again, thank you very much. What could be bigger than that? Well, a reunion of gargantuan proportions. Yes. I have been hesitant to accept it because we've been burned before, but (laughs) this will be a good couple of weeks after the fact, but My Chemical Romance announced their reunion on Halloween, no less. Of course. Um... And, yeah, just to sweeten the deal, they've announced that they're headlining Download Festival in Australia. So, and Japan, but Australia. You lucky so-and-so. It's been a weird one. It's, like, I've been surprisingly, like, relaxed about it. Like, calm. Mm. Um, I think because at first I was just like, fuck off, that's not true. (laughs) And then I was just sort of waiting for the other shoe to drop, like... We're performing this one show in California, and that's it. Goodbye again, forever. Um, but no, it's it's been really nice just having them back. <sighs> Part of me is sort of like, hmm, I don't quite know how to put it. I'm sort of hating myself for being like this, but I'm that person who's like, um, remember when all of you guys used to hate them and now you're talking about them as if you loved them the whole time? (laughs) And I did, but you didn't, and fuck off. They're my favourite band. So I'm just sort of regressing into a teenager. Um, You're you're in your rights too, though. Yeah, look, they were so, so important to me growing up. They're still so important to me. Um, I was literally discussing getting um, an MCR tattoo the night before their reunion came out, the news. Oh, you weren't saying that with me. I Look, I have a lot of conversations just with myself. Oh, okay. And I was at the so, point so where I was, I was at the point where I was like, you know what, I'm going to book in that consult and get that very simple tattoo. And then, yeah, woke up the next day and boom, they were back. But, it's kismet. Yeah, look, I'll take it. Do we need to issue an apology to so, the people that we uh, kind of smack-talked for getting our hopes up with this one? Yeah, look, I still think it wasn't their place to say anything. No, and I don't think they necessarily knew it was happening. No. I think it's, you know, I think the five guys in the band knew it was happening and probably no one else, maybe their spouses. Well, f- four. Four guys in the band, yeah. whoever they get on drums. That's... Yeah, that's one of the many things that's annoying me about how the likes of, like... Actually, no, I won't name outlets, but, like, all these, like, cool news outlets have jumped all over it. Like, they're still using press photos from when there were five members. It's like, come on, guys. Yeah, I saw, like, the Black Parade photos. Yeah, Yeah. and I get it. Like, it's iconic, but, like, just edit it out. Like, I know that sucks, and, like... Yeah. Anyway, it just annoys... Yeah. Like, fucking do your research and stop being such a fucking poser. And I'm going to I'm going to come with you. Yes. Because I'm I'm also gonna see Carcass and Testament at Download. That's excellent. And yeah, that's that that's really sick because I'm those are two bands that I have been wanting to see for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um and yeah, hell yeah, I'll go see my chemical romance with my lady. I'm probably going to cry a lot. That's fine. 
I called you a lucky so-and-so before because I would die to see the Misfits perform with their somewhat original lineup. I mostly Danzig in the in the singing role. Yeah. I would die to see that and they only do American shows. Yeah. It's like, oh, you get to have your My Chemical Romance come come to Australia. It feels good. It should. Mm-hmm. But yes, huge, huge news. It is. So just before we get on to the topic at hand, mm-hmm. I had an idea, you know, how we've been talking about like other, you know, albums that punk goes should do. Yes. They should do, now that we're big time celebrities, mm-hmm. they should do punk goes, punk goes pod. <laughs> they transcribe our best bits. <laughs> they do an acoustic song for all the wigwags yep. out there. Yep. And they just go for it. So, I'm picturing, like, that thing where, like, a pianist or a drummer will record themselves playing an arrangement to, like, (laughs) the Pepe Silvia part from, like, It's Always Sunny or something like that. Carol! Carol! (laughs) So, yeah, I would be 100% down for that, if anyone out there... I want to hear a death call. Has lots call. of spare time on their hands. I want to hear a death call version of our words. I just want to hear it really auto-tuned. <laughs> like, just auto-tuned out of this world. Like, just the most ridiculous, like, bent vocals. I'm sure T-Pain could use some work. Yeah. Look. <laughs> let's get T-Pain on the pod. <laughs> but no, I that would be brilliant. I'm still not 100% over the punk goes... What was it? Chumba Wumba, Punk Goes, <laughs> Tub Thumping. <laughs> oh, man. Sweet. So, uh, Guns N' Roses. Mm-hmm. My Michelle. I feel like this is one of those bands that I don't know if we necessarily need to go too far into it because I feel like they're just, they're massively, they're they're massively. They are massively. Yeah, they're just massively. (laughs) No, they're like wildly popular. And they were, well, especially for the time of the mid 1980s. They came out of Los Angeles, California, Mm -hmm. and I mean, they had iconic looks. They had very iconic songs. Iconic iconography. Iconography. Or logos, I should say. Yeah. I will I will get to one of those logos very briefly. It's not really important what I have to say about the logo. But mm-hmm. um, I just feel like, yeah, there's not a hell of a lot that we can really... It's sort of like when we when we do cover like these really huge artists like Guns N' Roses, Rose, Guns N' Roses, Guns N' Roses <laughs> Taylor Swift, Britney Spears. Like, we kind of know it. Yeah, it's... I feel like it's a case where they're so embedded in, like, the cultural lexicon to do with, like, rock music. Like, it's not necessarily worth rehashing, like, an extensive history of what they've done because 
they just are. They're there. Like, yeah. They're just massively. They are massively. But look, I have written out some stuff about yeah. them. Um, so basically in 1986 when they formed... No, when they signed with Geffen Records, mm-hmm. uh, the lineup consisted of the lineup that we hear on the song My Michelle. Mm-hmm. So it was Axl Rose on vocals, Slash on lead guitar, Duff McKagan on bass, Izzy Stradlin on rhythm guitar, and Steven Adler on the drums. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, that was the that was the lineup that, that recorded the album Appetite for Destruction. Yep. And that's the album that has all of the hits. Well, I don't want to say all of the hits, because November Rain wasn't on it. Ah. But that's the that's the song I think that was used Your Illusion that had November Rain. I can't remember. But yeah, that had like Welcome to the Jungle, Paradise City. Yep. Sweet Child of Mine. Yep. And any one of those songs we could sort of talk about a bit more, but My Michelle like wasn't a single, didn't really didn't have any chart rankings or anything like that. So it's sort of it's hard to kind of it's like it's 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 well it's one of the B sides by a huge band. Yeah. Basically. Like, it's... I mean, I knew it. You didn't know it beforehand. I did not. So, you know, there's that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but they, they are one of those bands as well that have been very fractious, which I feel like is very fitting that we're talking about a previously fractious band. Or, like, a couple of previously fractious... Fractious is the right word? I don't... To mean, like, to mean like unstable basically just fractured fractured okay let me have a look fractious no fractious means irritable and quarrelsome oh no that's typically of children well i guess it stands with guns Uh, and roses okay so or of a group or organization difficult to control or unruly yeah there you go so like considering we've just spoken about my chemical romance who have been famously split up for eight years Seven years? Yeah. It's, it's been basically the length of our relationship. It, it really has. Yeah. Yeah, Christ. Isn't it kind of wonderful, though, that they're getting back together in the year that we're getting married? Oh. 2020 is going to be a hell of a or, year. Or the year that they announced that the, 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 the date that they announced that they're getting back together is the, the, the year before oh, yeah, we get married. yeah, I didn't even make that connection. You made the connection on actual Halloween, though. That it was a year out from our wedding. Yeah, yeah. And, I, and I didn't. Well, that's understandable. Um, so, yeah. And Guns N' Roses, also famously fractious in that, um, you know, basically like the leaders of the band Slash and Axel had their their disagreements and, you know, they split. But Axel kept the band, well, he kept the name to himself. He kept Guns N' Roses and went on, kept performing to, you know... A certain amount of success. It took them, I believe, what did it take them? Fifteen years to write one album, "The Chinese Democracy." What? So it went from like yeah, nineteen ninety three to two thousand and eight. I honestly had no idea that any other albums existed outside of "Appetite for Destruction." Like, of course they did, mm. but like I've never heard of "The Spaghetti Incident," which yeah. is such a good name. Yeah, there is a story behind that, but I can't remember what it is. I imagine it's an incident involving spaghetti. It was something like one of the band members like threw spaghetti at someone in a restaurant or something. Well, they sound like a dick. But yeah, it continue. Was, um, yeah, and so so that took them 15 years to yeah, write an album, basically. 
It also took 20 years for Axel and Slash to get back together. Yeah. But they're now more or less... They've got a few different members now, but they're more or less got the almost original lineup from this time period as oh. well. So, like, Duff McKagan came back. Because I think him and him and Slash have always been pretty cool. Yeah. And Duff is a pretty cool-looking dude, and it's a pretty cool-sounding name. It is pretty cool. Yeah. I'm also looking at my Duff coin can. <laughs> Duff beer coin can, as we, as we say this. Um, yeah. So, they returned in... Well, they didn't return because Guns N' Roses has always been a thing, but they've reunited at Coachella 2016 mm-hmm. to, to, I think, headline. I would imagine that would be headlining. Somehow that doesn't make sense, but I guess, why not? Definitely feels like a bunch of... Definitely old, feels like an irony an thing. older generation performing yeah. for a younger crowd. Eh. But yeah, I remember... I. Did you ever really have much of a GNR phase? Not at all. Um, I remember the November Rain video being iconic. That's like, a good film clip, though. Yeah. But even like when I was a kid, just wondering, like, why is he playing out in the desert and his guitar is just not plugged into anything? <laughs> and they would not have had, like, wireless tech back then. I want someone to do one of those, like, acoustic versions oh, yeah, of, of like that video. Oh, yeah, like a shred. Yeah. Um... But yeah, I remember like the wedding dress being iconic. I would definitely consider that for my dress if I hadn't already bought one for our wedding. Oh, I'd wear the pirate outfit that Axel's wearing in that oh, film. So good. And then I don't know, like I like I know all the hits. Like again, they're one of those bands that are just sort of ephemeral. Like yeah. they're everywhere. Yeah. And yeah, it just kind of blows my mind that like I don't know. They're at that point where their logo is on t-shirts and people just buy them and wear it. But it's more of like, this is a sign of like vintage aesthetic as opposed to like, this is a band. I have that very shirt as yeah, well. Yeah. I th- a lot of people have that very shirt in a range of colors and yeah. washes and, and... I even had that, I even had that on a, and don't, don't worry. I had it on a cigarette case, which I used as a wallet for a brief period of time, but it made everything rattle in my pocket, so I didn't use it for long. Yeah. Yeah. So, that would be so strange. I guess it's kind of like the Ramones and like the Rolling Stones and all those ones. Like, has there been a band or a musician in our time that has become that mainstay or that much of a mainstay in just being plastered all over t-shirts and stuff. I feel like we're finally reaching an age, like another wave of nostalgia where like you can get Britney Spears shirts and Mariah Carey shirts and Backstreet Boys. But like up until now, it feels like there wasn't like that in-between wave of like bands and musicians having that, I guess, licensed merch, but like not merch in the traditional sense. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, um... I don't really know. Because, yeah, like, it's definitely, like, the... Because the 80s stuff looked really cool as well. Yeah, like, it's... That's the thing. It's, like... That's the reason it sells, is it just... It reminds you of just vintage, like... Yeah. 80s dress. Like, pop culture. Like, but not pinpointing GNR specifically. But it's, like, I remember seeing a picture of one of the Kardashians or one of the Jenners, whatever the fuck they are, wearing, um, wearing a Slayer shirt. I highly doubt they've ever listened to a Slayer song, but the it was one of their old album covers, and because it looks cool, yeah, 
You know, and it's like Kanye wearing Metallica shirts and all that, Megadeth shirts because they look cool. Yeah. He might listen to Metallica or Megadeth, I don't know. But yeah, like it's just, it always, it all kind of looked really cool. And it's just, I don't know, stuff in the 90s kind of didn't look as cool. Yeah, and I guess like 2000s merch. Like, no, that's a good point. It's just weird. Just, I wonder what the criteria is for crossing that boundary between like you can buy our shirts online or at a show versus you can walk into target and buy a shirt without having like engaged with us prior like i'm going through target and you can buy like acdc metallica shirts yeah that's what i mean like it's yeah it's so easy and i don't know i get that i could be wrong i just feel as though back in the 80s people were drawing album covers a lot more and then in the 90s, this is just, this is just like a, kind of like a, just a crazy idea of mine, but it's just, feels like people were just more taking photos as well. And I don't want to diminish photographers, what they do. Mm. Like I can... Oh, I know. Okay. So as opposed to like album artwork, it was just like... Yeah. 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 The cover, like gotcha. the CD cover. Yeah. Um, yeah. It felt like people were, you know, drawing images more in the 80s, whereas they're taking more photos mm. in the 90s, because I'm thinking of... Yeah, like your Rage Against the Machines, your um, uh, Alice in Chains, Deftones, all these bands using like yeah, just photographs as their album covers. Mm. Um, and that's uh, look, that's just a silly thought. That's not to say that everything wasn't hand drawn because you know there definitely was because that's ten years of a lot of music. Yeah, I don't know. It's yeah, like I feel like for. Example, though, like, I don't know if it's pronounced Dookie or Dookie. I always said Dookie growing up. Like, that Green Day album, like, somewhat iconic hand-drawn artwork, or Kaplunk, for instance, like, but you don't see them just on... Yeah. But to me, they are of that calibre to be just a commodified, like, item of clothing. Anyway. Which is the one with the mushroom cloud? That's Dookie. Yeah. Slash that, I, Dookie, I feel like that's a bit too busy to be on a shirt. Yeah, it's almost that's like true. A, I always saw that as kind of like a Where's Wally. Yeah, that's true. But like, even like Kerplunk, the girl just holding the gun, like with a flower on her t-shirt. Mm. Um, I don't know. Anyway, food for thought. I did have a... I went through a little bit of a Guns N' Roses phase. Yeah. 2008. I ah. remember specifically was the year that I had just like... I listened to the, basically this album, and that was mm-hmm. it. And I read yeah. and I read Slash's autobiography. Yeah, that was when I did read autobiographies. Is that when you read Scar Tissue as well? I didn't get all the way through Scar Tissue, no. but it was around about the time. Yeah, yeah, didn't get all the way through though. I don't know. I'm not, I don't. I wasn't interested enough in Red Hot Chili Peppers or Anthony Kiedis to continue on. I just remember from the Slash book some of the wild stories he wrote about Axel, and the one that I that always sticks to my mind is Axel was staying at Slash's house and he was sleeping on the couch and Slash's mother and grandmother came in and Slash's grandmother was just sort of like being playful like oh come on come on son you don't want to you don't want to stay you don't want to waste all your day on the couch and Axel told her to like fuck off what? and then they're driving in the car Slash and Axel and Slash is just like Hey man, my grandma's just, she's old fashioned, you know, she doesn't quite like swearing. She doesn't like swearing aimed at her. Maybe if you don't mind just apologizing to her. And like, without a word, Axel, like the car's going and Axel just opens up the door and just rolls out of the car. Oh my 
my god and then like he's gone for about three days and then just showed up at rehearsal doesn't say a word about it so i i feel like in a different frame of mind i'd be like that's kind of funny but i'm just like what an annoying turd of a person like i mean there's the video of him like jumping into a crowd and beating someone up because they're filming the performance. He is... He did, He definitely did that a few times. Yeah. He... Yeah. And now he looks like a melted candle. Good. He deserves it. <laughs> well, he's old as well. Actually, I don't think they're that old. I think they're only like 50. I don't know. That's all right. But the song. Yes. What are your thoughts? It's good. Yeah. I can see why it wasn't a single, if that yeah. makes sense. Like, yeah. it's good, but... And, like, it has a hook and I remember it, but I'm not sort of like, hell yeah, when it comes on. Yeah. Um, yeah. I feel like it also doesn't really showcase, like, for instance, Axel's, like, higher range of vocals? Or yeah. No, I, I... He sort of just stays at a kind of the same range, whereas, like, Sweet Child of Mine, like, he... I feel like he definitely there shows off more of his range. Yeah. And, like, you know, can show what he's doing when he's putting a bit more feeling into a song. Yeah. Um, and, look, I'm not saying he doesn't feel anything in this song because the song was written about an actual woman called Michelle. So, yeah. I don't... I, uh, I'm sorry if I'm interrupting or anything. No, you're right. I don't like the... Basically, it's the first intro of the song. I feel like this song has two intros and it's unnecessary. There's the plucking intro at the start. Yep. And then and then it's like the drum hits and then it, it goes into the, the next part mm-hmm. and it leads into the song. I feel like you could start off literally with just the drum and then the four bars. That oh, then, okay, that go, yeah. then goes into the song. I feel like it would punch it up just a little bit. Yep. I don't know, I don't feel like the slow guitar intro at the start of this, you know, three minute song is terribly necessary. Yeah. No, I get that. Yeah. Um, God, sorry, I'm, I'm really not painting a picture here of what I think of it. And that's the thing is like, it's, it's fine. Yeah. And, and you said it correct. Like you can see why this isn't you know, yeah. Paradise City or Sweet Child of Mine or, um, what's the other one about the jungle? Welcome to the jungle. Yeah. Um, yeah, like, it's fine. I'm interested about the backstory to do with it. So, you've noted, because I didn't do my homework. So, it's it's about a, like I said, it's about a real name, it's about a real name, about a real woman <laughs> named Michelle Young. She was uh, a friend of Slash's first girlfriend. Yes. So I think they might have gone to high school together or something, and then, you know, he remained friends with her, and then she became friends with the band. Mm-hmm. Um... And so, yeah, she was friends with Axel, and Axel got the idea to write the song uh, when they were driving together, mm. him and him and Michelle Young. And I don't know the song Your Song by Elton John. Oh, I feel like you'd know it if you heard it. Maybe. It's, and you can tell everybody this is a song. Oh, the one on Moulin Rouge. Maybe? Yeah, I think so. I hope I don't, you don't mind. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, he got the um, he got the idea listening to that song, and she said that she always wanted someone to write a song about her. So, was he just writing it for her as a friend, or do you like did he ditch his girlfriend for Michelle? Or ah, uh, it doesn't it doesn't come off as a love song. It comes off as a 
kind of like an autobot. If you like, the lyrics are pretty ah. honest about her life, and that was another thing was Slash was really concerned about revealing that much about her life, but she was pretty happy like because it talks about her mother's heroin overdose oh her dad well it's in the first line your daddy her daddy works in porno now that mommy's not around oh. she used to love her heroin but she's now she's six feet underground oof okay so like there's that and so it's just talking about this kind of wild life yeah about michelle young yeah yeah okay well i guess that's okay yeah i'm so simplistic i was like oh no scandal but yeah Oh, that's cool, I guess. I Look, it doesn't compare to your song, but that's because I am a Elton John fan. Yeah. Um, but no, that's cool. Apparently she was pretty into it as well. She was pretty happy with oh, it. I hope so. Yeah. That would not be cool if she wasn't. Well, I mean, she knew that they were writing a song about it. Yeah. And I think she knew what the lyrics were going to be about and and everything in between. I wonder what Michelle Young is up to now. I don't know. I should have asked this question while we were talking about doing this episode in the first place, but here we are. Oh, well. My Michelle. My, 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 my Michelle. Mm-hmm. Wait, that's not the lyric. No. So, yeah, I feel like it's... Well, I mean, it's, yeah, it's basically what we said. Like, it's it's a, it's definitely a good song. definitely has that, that G&R sound. Mm-hmm. I feel like it leans a bit more towards... Because, like, they always kind of... Like, like reading Slash's book, and, like, I read that book 11 years ago. Yeah. Um, I wasn't going to reread it again for this episode. Because, no. you know, it was a fine book, but it wasn't that great. Um, he sort of... They wanted to put a sound that was, like, punk, rock, and, like, sort of early heavy metal. Yeah. And I feel like it kind of leans a little bit towards... More towards that punky sound than other... Yeah, I get that. Like, it's not it's not the arena-pleasing song. Like, it's not, like, Sweet no. Child of Mine or it's not November Rain. It's that sort of, you know, that song you'd hear in a club. Yeah. Not a nightclub. No. But, like, they call them clubs in America. Okay. <laughs> from what I gather from the movies, because I've never been to America. No. Although, shout out to America. They're our number one source of listeners. They are. Thanks, guys. Um... Yeah. I don't know. I could go off on a tangent about, like, how, again, I find it interesting that this is a punk-goes-metal candidate, but it just comes down to that, like, splitting hairs between... This is way more metal than Tesla. Yeah. This oh, is, this I know. Is, and, this is, and this is, like, one of those bands. Like, I feel like a lot of metalheads will go, yeah, Guns N' Roses are pretty tight. Yeah. And, yeah. Anyway... I could go on a tangent, but I'm not gonna. Okay. Because I am tired. I love that you would go on a tangent about what's metal and what's not, and I, the actual metalhead in this relationship, am fine with not going on a tangent about that. Well, I guess because it makes sense to you. You're like, yep. Whereas I'm just like, hang on. Well, I saw a thing. (laughs) Here we go. (laughs) No, this isn't a tangent. This is just a real quick. Gotcha. And it can be really quick if I don't get stopped. Go. I just saw one of those, I saw a meme, and it was basically just like, there was like three kings, I guess, and they were putting their swords together. Mm. And so it was, it was like metal heads, death metal heads, and black metal heads. Mm. And like the swords combined, it said, um, all love motorhead, basically, okay. which is true. Like, yeah, it's like, 
any fan of metal loves Motorhead or likes Motorhead at least. And I feel like Guns N' Roses, maybe not to the same degree, because I feel like Lemmy was a bit more of a in the like metal I, uh, lexicon, basically. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm sure I'll regret asking this when half an hour has passed and we haven't gotten back on topic. So, in a nutshell, what is the like? How do we go from metal to death metal to black metal? So, all right, I'm going to use the the Motorhead sort of. I'm going to use Motorhead as basically an example. Sure. And I'm probably going to be wrong. There's probably going to be people who listen to metal and they're going to call me a fucking idiot, but whatever. Well, then email us and actually engage with the podcast. Continue. So Motorhead was considered, like, metal. Lemmy always considered it hard rock instead. But it yeah. also, it was very fast. So right. it, was, it could also be considered speed metal. So okay. you had that sort of speedy sound yep. that black metal is kind of you know known for being pretty quick being mm. fast black metal yeah you have like your like your kind of heaviness growliness which the death metal people love and it also was just very catchy but still heavy mm. and so like that's where you get like your your heavy metal fans like your people who only really listen to your old stuff like your iron maidens and your metallicas yeah and your slayers and megadeths okay and your Judas priests and that sort of stuff, and that's—I don't know if I've answered your question. I think you have. I think to me, I just for some reason have a very different view of metal. Like to me, metal is like the very like doom sludge sort of stuff. Oh, and yeah, it's I—I'm not boasting or I'm not talking any shit. I believe that metal is the most diverse genre of music yeah and i feel like we've touched on this before so i think that's it like either you like if you know you know if you don't you don't like i'm very tempted i'm that kid who's like bursting a vein right now because i want to just be like i want to list off as many sub genres of metal as i want to as i can but i'm also not going to i'm gonna set a timer for 30 seconds and you can list off as many as you want. Just give me a second. Oh, but... now I'm worried I'm gonna I'm gonna freeze. No, you'll be fine. Alright. Go. So you got your heavy metal, your new wave of British heavy metal, you've got your thrash metal, you've got your death metal, black metal, doom metal. Then you have your like your combining, so you have your your death doom, your blackened thrash, your blackened your black and death metal. You have other subgenres like you have folk metal. You have operatic metal. You have uh, you have symphonic metal. You have you have uh, oh what do you Four, call it? melodic three, metal, melodic two, death metal, grindcore, and you're done. Okay, so yeah, there's a lot of metal genres. It's all it's all more coming back to me, but let's keep going. We'll do another. I'll do an hour of just me listing, and I'll make up some as well. <laughs> that can be an exclusive episode of you, just for half an hour, just like, sort of like Bubba Gump with the shrimp, just <laughs> like you got your black metal, then you got this one, and but no. I just learnt that Dave Chappelle was offered the role of Bubba Gump, and he turned it down, and apparently it's like he regrets it every day. I can understand that. Yeah, it was a bad movie, but whatever. So... 
I think that's probably about it for Guns N' Roses. I think so. It's like we said, it's it's not one of their hits. It's not one of their big songs. It's not, it's not even one we can really talk about. This is kind of what it's like when we talk about an acoustic song. Yeah. Like, there's not much to really go for. Like, we could talk about the band more, but you know the band. It's It's been done before, and much better than we could do. Yeah. Especially this time of night with what we've got. So, how about we just go straight on to Affy. a.k.a. A Fire Inside, were formed in Ukiah, California in 1991. A good year for life in yeah. general. Yeah. So, hey Yep. They started out as a high school punk band with Davey Havoc on vocals and Adam Carson on drums, and they were the sole members of the band at the time. Yep. Uh, but by 1998, the lineup would include Jade Puget on guitar and Hunter Bergen on bass. And this is the lineup that we still see today. Yeah. So, again, I don't think it's worth us, like, going super duper into their back story. No. Um, I think AFI are one of those important bands for us because it was sort of a point of comparison for the two of us when we first met. Mm-hmm. Like, you were into their older material. Well, I was into, I was into Sing the Sorrow. Yeah. Big time into Sing the Sorrow. I'm, I still... That's one of the the one band... Like, that's one of the one albums out of that time that I will still listen to. It's such a good album. So good. But, like... Because you also listened to, like, their other... When they were more, like, somewhat rockabilly almost? Rockabilly? No, it was no. punk. Punk. Yeah. I, a me. little bit. Yeah. Like, I re-listened to... Oh, I'm killing myself right now. The the album that came out around about this time. Yeah. As, as, as this cover and it's it's a lot more punkier but because jade is in the band now you can definitely get that you're getting that feeling of they're taking it to different levels yeah now. so yeah when we first met like for me afi all i knew about them was december underground their 2006 release uh so yeah it was cool to sort of see like where your fandom ended and mine began i suppose yeah, because I didn't really go too far into um, December Underground. No. So, we've touched on this in an earlier episode, but when we first met, I 
gave you a burned copy of December Underground and also bought you a copy of The Smashing Pumpkins, Melancholy and the Infinite Sadness. So, And that's the last time we exchange music. Yeah, that's that's sad. That's like the Is end it? of an... I'm fine with I'm fine with that. No, I just it's more the symbolism, but we've talked about it before, so we don't need to go over it again. Sorry, just to interject, the art of drowning was the album that came uh, out yep. at, at the same year as this cover. Yeah, which I feel is uh, yeah, like I said, pretty important album for them as well. Yeah, but not as important as the ones we're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Um, now I think about it, I do remember like a few sing the sorrow songs from my youth. They were on some car racing actually no it was probably just listening to a friend's cd player while we were playing xbox anyway that's irrelevant um but yeah i guess they are one of the not few but like one of the crossover bands that we each have in our repertoire Mm -hmm. between them and like refused and there's got to be a couple of others but like those key bands where we're like oh hell yeah like yeah if they were to ever do like an anniversary tour of like Sing the Sorrow or December Underground, like we'd have to wait four years. I know. That's or all three right. years. We're almost done with this year. So Yeah, true. But that would be so, so good. And I think we both sort of dropped out in terms of listening to them post December yeah. Underground. Yeah, and look, I don't know why you know, I can't tell you that as to the quality of the music coming out around about then. Mm. You know, or that has come out since December Underground. I remember listening to oh Black Audio, which yes. is Jade and Davey, and it's their electronic side project. Yep. It's pretty bad. But then Dream Car, which again we've touched on, but that's not as bad. Is that the one that he did with the other members of No Doubt? Yeah. See, I only listened to the one song. I liked that song, though. Yeah, I had a crack at listening to the album on Spotify, I think. Um, it was all right. Yeah. That one song was, like, especially good. Yep. There's just... There's something about Davey, Havoc, and his whole thing that I really like. Um, I remember being drawn to him, like, December Underground, his whole aesthetic. Like, that was probably the most gender-bending I'd seen come from, like, a frontman. Because, yeah, like, you had, like, Gerard wearing eyeliner and, like, yeah, Gerard Way from my camera sort of... He noted in an interview a while ago that, like, he sort of struggled with, like, the gender binary because a lot of the time he did sort of identify as being female. Like, so... Who Gerard did? Yeah. Like, just... Or just sort of more, like, fluid. Like, there are times where he identified as masculine, but he also identified with feminine, like, that kind of thing. But in terms of, like, outward presenting, like, gender just sort of messing around with it kind of thing. Like, Davey, his December Underground aesthetic was, like, frosted blue eyeshadow and, like, a big swooshy fringe that I basically copied and just very... Yeah, like, very... um God, I don't even know but how But it was more it. than that. He had fake eyelashes as yeah. well. Like, like fuck-off-sized It was so eyelashes. cool. It was, like, so glam and, like... Yeah. Yeah, um, again, we've talked about this before, but I just love that that era sort of helped to just, yeah, bring that sort of... Helped to blur the gender binary because we're all so much better off for it now. And he's a person as well, like, 
he's a good looking man. He is a very good looking man. And like it doesn't matter if it's like the Tommy Wiseau hair or <laughs> or yeah, like the frosted like the 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 eyelashes and the eyeliner and the big, you know, fuck off fringe. Or like his his sort of Elvis look. Yeah, like the the big pompadour or the quaff. Yeah. Like yeah. Like he just he he looks so comfortable in what he does, in what he's wearing and what he's rocking. And like I said, he's just a good looking dude as well. Yeah. But yeah. yeah. I just Yeah, I think that's kinda of what drew me in at first. I was like, Oh, these guys look interesting. Yeah. Like Yeah. After seeing a lot of the same sort of just stock standard like band guys. Yeah. And then you see like between Jade and Davey just sort of yeah. playing around with their appearance. Like it was a really cool. And they're like, because Sing the Sorrow was, I feel like when they got, was, was when they got big. That was when they started to like release, you know, some pretty cinematic film clips. and Yeah. And you know, like the Girls Gone Grey. Girls Gone or not? Girls Not Grey. Girls Not Grey. Like that film clip is... I'd like to see it in HD. I think that thing could still be pretty stunning. Is that the one that's like autumn leaves and stuff everywhere? It's kind of like Alice in Wonderland. Yeah. 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 And it's like, there's like bits of them playing in, um, in a rehearsal space and like some of it, they're normal. And then another part, like they're like being completely painted black. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. No, that, that, yeah, they sort of took things a step beyond what was happening at the time and then you had like your i don't know 30 seconds to mars's and your um i think i feel like jared leto was definitely emulating oh my to a god certain degree. Yeah. but even though even though it was jared leto i still feel like they never reached the heights that afi did Fuck no. which i'm really happy to, to say they weren't that great like they were okay they had that like, one song they had yeah they had the kill and then they had um Closer to the Edge, which was good. Like, they had a couple, but, like, yeah. They don't have that endurance because, at the end of the day, it's just a band where the front man is just trying to sort of further his agenda of being an artiste. But it also didn't feel like anything was terribly original. It felt like they were just, like, picking the best bits from this scene. Yeah. It's funny. I was listening to The Kill the other day, and it does not hold up. Like, his vocals... They're fine, but like. But even like I'm listening to, not listening to. I'm hearing the chorus of the kill in my head, and it's kind of like his vocals are just kind of sounding like Gerard's vocals, but worse. Like not yeah, as good they, as Gerard's vocals. Well, not even close. No. Like, ugh, no. Nah, I could. I have a lot to say about Jared Leto, but I'm not gonna. So. But yeah, I just feel like it's. AFI is one of those bands that it's very accessible for a lot of different, for a lot of, like, you know, you'd see people in, like, metalcore bands wearing AFI shirts, lots of people yeah. in, in punk bands. I remember from the movie Idle Hands. Yes. And at the at the dance that they have, that's like the Halloween dance, and they've got the Offspring performing. Oh. So this was, like, 99, <laughs> I think. Yeah. And Dexter from The Offspring is wearing an AFI shirt. Oh, that's sick. And then he's, he gets scalped by the idle hand. Oh, I kind of want to rewatch that. It was awful, but like, 
I do remember that being one of those movies where I was like, hell yeah, this is raunchy and funny and I'm not supposed to be watching this kind of stuff, but here we are. Look, it's probably in the same vein as American Pie. Yeah. They probably oh, God, say yeah. they probably say the wrong F word a bunch of times oh, I'm and sure I'm not talking do. about fuck. No. Um they probably say that a whole bunch. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not going to say it's probably fun because I'm going to wait and I would wait and see what it's still like. Yeah. Oh god, yeah. Well, that's the thing. Like, out of curiosity, I would like to rewatch it. Yes. Yes. But yeah, like, so like, yeah, your metalcore people, your punk people, you you'd probably find a lot of like, yeah, your mainstream rock people now mm. are really into AFI. Yeah, it's funny. Like, they're sort of simultaneously like, how should I? Like, yeah, they've sort of touched or like appealed to all these different genres and like different listeners and things but they're still relatively like people still love them yeah well i i've got a point that um like yeah basically going on from what you said like they've they've touched these sorts of different they've basically done all these different kinds of genres but like when a band that that starts off in a certain style has a gets a following yeah and then they change their sound. Yeah. And that falling turns on them. And it's like, well, fuck, you know, you've sold out. I feel like that hasn't happened with AFI. I feel like people embrace the yeah. next sound that they make. And it's that thing of like, damned if you do, damned if you don't. Do you try and evolve? Do you try and and further? Or do you try and like, well, yeah, evolve? Do you try and make something different out of what you do? Or do you just stick to the same thing and, you know, bore people basically? Yeah. Oh, you know, it's the same stuff. That's the thing, they sort of, they have that ability to take their fans along on that journey of growth, I suppose. Yeah. Um, yeah. Again, they're just, they're such a fucking good band. I should listen to more of them. Um, but in saying, like, those two albums, like Sing the Sorrow and December Underground are just so choice, like... (laughs) We, well, we have a five-hour drive next weekend, we should just start from the start. We did listen to Sing the Sorrow last time we drove to Mitong. We did. I feel like it comes up a lot. And December Underground. We did. I feel like that's one of those ones that we listen to on road trips a lot. Yeah. We haven't even discussed their cover of My Michelle, though. No. I also just wanted to say one more thing that I love that Davey Havoc played St. Jimmy for the American Idiot Broadway ah. show at one point. What do you think of the cover? I think it's one of those ones that it's... I mean, it sticks very close to the original, but it also sounds very much their own. Yeah. So, like, this definitely, like I was saying, like, the, the Guns and... The, the original has that sort of punky feel. Well, this has an even further punky feel to yes. it. Yes. I agree. Sorry, boss is sniffing my underwear. I think you, you need to contextualise that a bit, because it does not... The underwear hanging up on the clothes horse. Yes. Not not, not from my body. Yes. Um... No, and I, like, because we, I had a thought about it when we, when we played it just before. Like, I almost, I almost prefer his vocals on this song than Axel's. Yeah. And I like Axel's vocals. I like, I think he's a, I think he's a vine, fine vocalman. He's a, a vine vocalman, yes. A vine vocalman. I think, I believe so. He does fine vocals. <laughs> and vine vocals. And vine vocals. <laughs> Could you imagine if Axel Rose had a vine? I honestly cannot, and I think that's for the best. (laughs) 
Um, I want to see him doing hi, welcome to Chili's. Hi, welcome to Chili's. <sighs> but yeah, I think that's the thing because My Michelle, yes, it's a Gunners song. No, it's not a Gunners single in terms of its sound. So I could picture it sort of being borrowed by a band such as AFI and they can make it their own. Yeah. Like, it's sort of a blank enough template that, like, a band such as AFI can take it and make it AFI. In a way, like, yeah, it's a cool cover because, like, I don't hear it and go, like, oh, yeah, Guns N' Roses. Like, I just Mm. go, oh, yeah, AFI doing a cool song. Yeah. And particularly for the time as well, like, it doesn't, like, if, if this was, if they did this this year... And it sounded like that. I go, oh wow, that's really different for them. But like, because yes. it's almost twenty years ago now. Oh god, fuck! That album's nearly twenty years old. What? Um, the metal. The oh, metal album. The appetite. The appetite's older than I am. Oh, why are we so old? Anyway, kids never get old. Yeah, just don't. It's not worth it. No. <laughs> no, it is. It's fine. It's yeah. Like, I feel like we've talked about the band more than the actual song, but... That's alright. I just... I I dig it. I think it's really good. They... I don't know. It would have been interesting to hear them do one of their bigger songs, though. Yeah. Would have been really interesting to hear them do Welcome to the Jungle. Yeah. Yeah, that would be cool. Yeah. Or, like, Paradise City or something. Because, it, it, you know, they have, like... It does feel a little bit odd to hear, like, these sorts of, like, guitar solos, like, these, like, Slash-inspired guitar solos coming from AFI. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, that's not to say any of it is out of place or anything like that. I just... It's just kind of an, an oddity, almost. Yeah, no, I know what you mean. But I also, you know, I like... I still like it. I think it's, you know, a fine cover that is faithful to the original, yet wholly its own. Yes. But speaking of... One that is, you know, not terribly faithful to the original and is entirely wholly its own. The Dillinger Escape Plan have also covered this song. Yeah. So, yeah, this came from the compilation album Bring You to Your Knees that was, um, you know, bands covering Guns N' Roses songs. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, one of a uh, personal favourite of mine, the Dillinger Escape Plan, performing uh, My Michelle. And was this your first Dillinger Escape Plan song? Didn't we see Dillinger at, like, Soundwave or something once? I saw them, I saw them at Max Watts mm. by myself. So you maybe you went and saw them at a sound like they did perform at a sound wave, but you weren't you weren't there with me. The, the, yeah, but that's the, the thing is like there's no, no reason that no, I would. You know what it was? Mm-hmm. I went and saw the Dillinger's Escape Plan. I don't know if you were that 
that fussed about it because you wanted you went and saw Marilyn Manson at the same time. Ah, oh, yeah. That's what that was. So we have absolutely talked about that before. So I won't. So like, do you do you think you like? Is it one of those things like you've seen Marilyn Manson now? It's like okay, or do you think you would have liked to have seen Dillinger Escape Plan? I feel like I've listened to Dillinger Escape Plan with you and I enjoyed it, but then when I heard this, I was like, this is not the band that I enjoy. This is not accessible if you don't like. If you've not heard Dillinger Escape... If this is your first Dillinger Escape Plan song, this is not going to be a good... Or if you're not, if you're not terribly into, like... Because this is... I know that they're considered math, math core, math metal. This is almost just straight-up grindcore as well. Like, just yeah. in, like, this... Like, just the incredibly, like, sporadic, spasmodic, just fast, just... Yeah, almost, like, daring you to listen to this song. Yeah. Like, I, I do, no, I would be interested to show you, because, like, three years later, um, they released Ioworks. Yeah. And that was, uh, like, the album was brilliant. Yeah. Absolutely brilliant. And I feel like I could show you that, and there would be bits that you would enjoy. Are you laughing at me, or are you, what are you laughing at? Sorry, I just, I'm trying to find, because there was a meme a while ago that I really liked about Paradise City. And, oh, hang on. I think I've just remembered. But anyway, it was another... <laughs> it's one of those memes where, like, a phrase is accompanied by, like, a proper photo or something or a picture. Yeah. And then as the phrase gets more and more, like... um, What's the word? Distorted? Yeah. As it gets more and more, like... Yeah, broken down. It's accompanied by like a shittier version. Oh yeah. Are you mad at me? No, no. Okay. (laughs) And so it's a picture of Axel. It's like sometimes I need some time on my own. So November rain. Yeah. Then the next step is there are recurring parts of my life in which I require to be by myself. (laughs) Then the next step is frequently, particularly in times of depression or despair, I feel the need to keep to myself, i.e., become a lone wolf. To think about my life and choices and dwell on my feelings. <laughs> and the last one is just fuck off. <laughs> uh, so that, that definitely falls in line with probably what he was like. Yes. Um, sorry, did you want to keep going with your thought train or have I completely derailed it? A little bit, but that's alright. That's perfectly fine. Don't get upset about it. Um, so, yeah... Like, long story short, to me, yeah, what I, like, my understanding of Dillinger is completely different to what they are. But they still do a lot of, a lot of this kind of stuff, but they throw, like, at at a certain point they weren't afraid to put Malady in, and that's what, that's where, like, Ioworks sort of came in. Yeah. Because I think this was around about... Yeah, the album, I think, was 2004, the compilation album. Yeah. That they did this on. And that's when they got their lead singer, um, Greg Pusciato. Yeah. I think that's a lead singer. Um, and so he stayed on until their their demise in, like, 2018, I think they broke up. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, like, just lots of, like... Like I said, like, I feel like I could show you that album or even the album after that and you would... Pick out parts that you like. Yeah. As well. So I think, yeah, I was kind of taken by surprise by this cover because I was like, I do not like this. I think I said to you, you're going to hate this. Yeah. As well. I and knew I knew you weren't going to like it. But because it's the Dillinger Escape Plan, like, 
Yeah, I'm going to talk about it. Yeah. So, yeah. I do not have many thoughts on the Dillinger one. Like, it's masterful. Like, it's well done. But, again, it just... Yeah. I just cannot do it. My brain is just like, no thanks. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not trying to show my, you know, this isn't a superiority complex or a pissing race or a peeing contest or whatever. Peeing race. Peeing race. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I've been listening to them for, tw- fuck, 12 years now. Yeah. I think about, that was about, tw- yeah, 2007. So when was the last time you saw him at Max Watts? Uh, that should have been, had a comma in there. Would have been 2015. 15? No, 2014. Yeah. Yeah, because we were still living at our old place. Oh, yeah. Cassie. That's right. Um, so, yeah, five years ago, I saw them with Dura and Gray as well. Another, nice. another. I wouldn't say they're one. I wouldn't say they're a favourite of mine, but they were like a band that I wanted to go see. Yeah. But I would definitely rather go see them in their element in Japan. Yeah. The lead that would singer be cool. is the lead singer is tiny. Yeah. And none of them showed emotion except for the bass player. <laughs> who seemed to be very happy to be here, but uh, they were they were sick. But I was like, I also got the feeling like they kind of didn't care too much. But then the Dillinger Escape Plan were amazing. So yeah, after that, that's cool. So yeah, look, I if you if you're willing to, I would I would definitely show you some of their later stuff to see if you got into it. Yeah, look, I'm interested because I honestly feel like early on in our relationship. We were driving somewhere, you were listening to something, I said, what is this? And you said, it's the Dillinger Escape Plan, and I said, that's cool. And it would have been one of their later albums yeah. as well. Yeah. So yeah, I would like to do a deep dive into them again, just to see what it's I'm w- missing. It's one of those things, I've always put them in the same bracket as Protest the Hero. Yes, and I enjoy Protest, Protest the Hero. Protest the Hero is much more enjoyable. Yeah. Much, much, much more enjoyable. Like, if for, for, added, for someone who's like looking... For, looking inside from the outside basically yeah yep. um yeah they're definitely a, a band that you can definitely sing along to more and yeah. yeah okay i get that but yeah we don't really have any other covers i showed you a video of a high school band performing at their just their music rehearsal mm-hmm. their rehearsal night um kind of like how you had a dance rehearsal last weekend i did it was very and fun. Dance recital. Recital, not rehearsal. Yes. Or showcase. Showcase. Yes. But this is basically, it's it's kind of the same thing, but it's, yeah, high school band performing My Michelle. And it just delighted me because this just took me back to my own music recitals and just playing music like this or playing like punk, punk, hardcore, emo, a little bit of metalcore at these music recitals and it's just being performed in front of everyone's parents and they couldn't give a, they couldn't give a, a sh- they couldn't give a flying fuck about this strange kids band that you want to see their child play you know Wonderwall on acoustic guitar that's so funny I was literally about to say Wonderwall as like an ad lib we definitely had that happen oh really not me but like yeah not, like one of them one of the kids definitely played Wonderwall <laughs> They were fun. Like, I always had fun at those things, though. And, like, because our music class, we were very sort of collaborative. So, like, I played an Incubus song with one of the girls and did a John Butler trio song with a couple other people. And That's cool. Yeah. I was not in a band. I was in a band for, like, a day when I was first learning guitar. And me and my friend's brother and my 
I guess, on and off Crush's brother were in like a trio and we tried to cover all of this by Blink-182 and it was not good. <laughs> and that was the start and end of my career as a no. musician. Um, and yeah, I used to just hang out with my crush and his band and probably pissed my friend off a lot for doing that. But that's what you do when you're young mm-hmm. and you want to be cool. Yep. We would have gotten along if I had known you in high school, baby. I think so. Mm-hmm. We would get... So, like, our friends would also come to these recitals. Yeah. As well. But, yeah, it's just always funny because, like, you'd be also doing it in front of parents. And... <laughs> yeah. Like, my parents were always, you know, happy to see me play. Yeah. And, like, they were always supportive of what I played. Mum thought I needed to learn some more blues guitar to, you know... She's like, every guitarist should know blues guitar, but, you know. Besides, and she's right. Besides that, she... Well, it's just, she also said the same thing about about writing. She's like, every writer needs to read some Jane Austen. And this was only in the last couple of years. I'm like, I'm not reading Jane Austen. I think, like, I get where she's coming from in that you need to have a respect for the craft. Yeah. And how other people have tackled it. But, yeah, I don't think you need to directly have experienced everything to like you just have to be aware of it you have to know where like the craft has been and where you can take it from there i don't know well mother now that i now that i know you listen to this podcast i respectfully am telling you i have no interest in reading jane austen (sighs) hello mel (laughs) shall we wrap it up yeah, look, it's this is a little, it's a smaller episode. I huh. feel like it's a tighter episode, though. I no. feel like it, I feel like it's been a pretty good one. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm happy with this. I got the feeling you did not want to be fucked with tonight, and so I've been on my best <laughs> behavior. I don't fuck with me, man. I feel like I I have the power of God and anime on my side. I really do. I feel like I'm just the diva of the pod. Like I've just been. It's not like you said anything. It's just I like you're you're tired and I know. And you've had a long like we've both had a long day. And I just feel like it's been a long couple of weeks. We've been or well, I've been burning the candle at both ends. Yeah, so. like yeah, you yeah you definitely have. But, so that's gonna. And I also just like as an adult looking at it, I'm like yeah, if I like it can still be entertaining and I can be <laughs> on my um my good behavior and it's not going to take as long. <laughs> I like the idea that you're like I'm going to give her the night off. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that. You know what? This is going to be a treat for you. <laughs> <laughs> well, on that note, thank you for You're listening. Welcome. I have to get one in. I have to get one screw around in. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Bosses going after your pants now. Uh, so on the clothes, so it's not on my actual body. <laughs> Next week we are going to be covering. <laughs> little, uh, little pun for you there. Covering Story of My Bros by Dance Gavin Dance from Punk Goes Acoustic 3. Oh, point it to your cover. Until then, uh, you can follow us on Twitter at PunkGoesPod. You can flick us an email at PunkGoesPod at gmail.com. You can take a look at Instagram at PunkGoesPod, but I've just kind of given up on it because I was not getting any feedback on that thing. Um. And also, I've just kind of co-opted our Twitter into my personal Twitter, so I hope that's not, like, (laughs) muddling the brand up too much, but we'll see. 
Um, but yeah, thank you for listening. Um, twelve hundred plays. Woo! Yeah, look, here's to twelve hundred more, at least. At least, yeah. Um, until then, then being I don't know when. I don't know. Fucking next un- week. Yeah, until next week. Uh, bye. Bye. <laughs>